Before we get started with today's episode, I do want to express that the views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the individuals themselves and do not reflect the views or thoughts of any particular organization. Lastly, I just want to make a couple announcements. So one, definitely, definitely, definitely sign up today at tinyurl.com slash services if you need any help with your letter of intent and CVs. I know now is the time, so definitely if you need help with that, reach out. We'll do the best that we can to help you. And same thing if you're struggling with the NAPLEX, all right? If you're having any issues preparing for the NAPLEX, definitely reach out. We offer we also offer tutoring services for the NAPLEX. And last but not least, we just added the Wealth Consultation Program. And so multiple people have been reaching out, kind of asking me, what am I doing to lower my taxable income? And also different things that I'm doing um, in regards to an LLC. How do you create one? How do you start a business? How do you file things correctly and whatnot? So if you need any assistance with that, feel free to reach out at tinyurl.com slash services. And last but not least, with our special guest today, I definitely, definitely, definitely want y'all to go ahead and check out his Instagram, man, M-A-N-H-E, stay, S-T-A-Y, fresh, F-R-E-S-H, 526, all right? Man, he, stay fresh, 526. It's going to be an awesome episode. A lot of y'all have been interested in industry, and so we're really trying to break down that connection between industry and pharmacy and the importance of having that relationship. So definitely, definitely, definitely reach out to him if you have any questions or reach out to me if you have any issues getting in contact with him. Thank you, guys. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Dr. Joven Lizzo. And today, I have a special guest, someone who I'm very flattered to have on the podcast. I can talk about the profession of pharmacy, not as a pharmacist, but in a different way and how they provide so much value to pharmacy. So today I have somebody coming from a medical sales department, Manuel Wilson. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Um, happy and to be on your podcast. Honored that you gave me an opportunity to participate. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. So to start off, can you kind of provide a brief introduction to our audience today about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my name is Manuel Wilson. I'm a, I'm a medical sales professional and I've uh, been in the industry of probably about a little over 15 years. I've served in a variety of different roles, you know, a um, variety of different disease states and worked with local level, you know, independent internal medicine position. I've done cardiology, pulmonology, hospitals, and health systems. So I have a wide range. Awesome. And so that's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you on here because you have so much experience in different departments and dealing with different healthcare professionals. And this is kind of an often forgot about impact in the patient care aspect for a patient, right? It's not always just the people who meet the patient. It's also people working behind the scenes to help maybe get a medicine to a facility or to to um, a pharmacy to be able to give to a patient. So Absolutely. now that you kind of just touched upon your background in medical sales, what would you say are some of the daily tasks that you have to do in this position? What's yeah, a day in a life? As <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Generally speaking, you'll, you'll get up and it's all about number one, do you have appointments, as, as, you know, book with a healthcare provider, healthcare professional or not, or an account or not. And that kind of dictates your day. So let's say hypothetically, let's say I have, you know, appointments at different hospital, hospital Y or Z. Then I'll, I'll go there, you know, let's say it's the department, maybe I'm, I have in-service, a lunch in-service, maybe something I'm doing, or I may have a dinner 
program where I'm getting customers out to have educational discussions regarding the medications that I represent. Or, and if I don't have appointments, a lot of times it may not be as glamorous when you're firing off emails, right? You're firing off different emails with different, you know, HTPs or pharmacists, whoever tries to get appointments, you know, to have important discussions regarding whatever medication you're representing or treat, you know, or dealing with. Um, so that's a key to following the schedule based upon, you know, your appointments dictate your day based upon wherever the locations are, wherever those clinics are or hospitals. And if not, you're scheduling and trying to get the appointments, you know, but Let's say you have a jam-packed day for me, it may look like, you know, getting up early in the morning, I'm, I'm maybe seeing some clinics in an ambulatory setting, right? You know, cancer providers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm, you know, I, in my current role, I don't carry samples like I used to, but, you know, for pharmaceutical person rep or something like that, could carry samples and have them, you know, with them in their car and have a have additional time for them and also provide an educational discussion during those times. If not, then, you know, like I said, if you're like, means to be at the hospital, you know, and you're trying to get them to see the value of improving patient care with whatever disease state you're representing and having a conversation about. Okay. So it sounds like majority of your day, if you have appointments already set up, it's going to be probably like informal or formal presentations mm-hmm. and really just connecting, maybe, maybe not providing samples and different things like that. So a lot of communication, a lot of presentations, basically. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of presentations. It's all geared around, you know, what the needs are and where, where a particular HCP physician or a pharmacist is in terms of what your goals are. Right? You have to have your goals, you know, first and foremost. So let's say you're talking to a pharmacist, you know, in a particular hospital, maybe a pharmacy director or a clinical pharmacist on the inpatient side. You know, we want to find out what the treatment goals are, you know, whatever you think, you know, they're, they're currently managing, right? And the perspective, get to ask them questions, you know, open the questions to find out, understand a little deeper about how they read your medication, how they view them, you know, from the whole, and how you want to also do presentations in terms of any the clinical differences between your medication and other medications or how it fits the overall goal of patient health, you know, for the system or just at large, right? Because overall, the goal is to help patients see the quality of life. You want to help both your organization or whatever you represent is as medications that are Doing that bit by bit, right? Just that's the safety data. And then overall now self-care is kind of, you know, a lot of conglomerates are being purchased, things of that nature. It, you know, it's, it, you know, you're getting small, the smaller and smaller in terms of number of large institutions and systems that are existing, right? You know, large institutions are beginning to purchase, you know, other, you know, smaller practices smaller, that were yeah. practices. And so now keeping a standardized of care, you know. How do we provide the best quality of care and standardize it across the continuum for whatever respect it's in the state? Okay, definitely. And I could see that with more and more, especially after COVID, a lot of mm-hmm. businesses losing money and that also impacts the pharmacy professions. Some of the smaller hospitals get bought out by larger corporations and then they're trying to standardize their um, formulary lists across all aspects of their regions and whatnot. So that definitely makes Absolutely. sense. Okay. And- when it comes to those days where you're not doing the presentations and the meetings, you're saying it's really a lot of trying to get in contact with people, emailing. I'm assuming also probably preparing for presentations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you want to stay sharp. So, you know, you're definitely reviewing your sales data you have, information for all the different presentations, making sure you know the ins and outs. You're always constantly learning. It's always a dynamic process. So there's always something to learn and make sure you're sharp and, you know, on top of your game in terms of when you get in front of those healthcare providers, because the last thing you want to do is call, you know, completely. It's okay not to know everything, you know, yes. and say, hey, listen, I don't know, I'll get back to you. But you, you know, so a lot of times preparing for that, 
And then in addition to that, sometimes you just made me cold call you, right? Sometimes, you know, you're exploring, you're trying to find out who's who, right? You're trying to, you know, you're almost like a detective, as I call it, kind of like trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together to have a greater understanding of who's in charge of whatever department, who's in charge of this initiative, who's in charge of that initiative. And a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with a large system, you may not know the answers to that or a large group or what you're representing. And so it's a lot of fact finding, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, just getting out there, you know, boots on the ground and asking questions and maybe driving here, driving there. So that is probably the one of the most exciting, but challenging, you know, parts of the job, but that's kind of how it goes, right? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Like we all have aspects of the job that are a little bit more challenging or a little bit more cumbersome than others. It's just the way it is. You're not going to love Absolutely. every single thing you do within the job. There's always going to be something right. that, that might be a little bit annoying or might not be the thing you enjoy the most to do, but you still got to do it to get the job done. Gotcha. Absolutely. Yep. So knowing you and kind of hearing what you're talking about, one of the things I always like to know when it comes to a job is like, what are the types of people, the personality traits that excel at this job? And it's not only me. It's basically every company because they all make you do a personality test to right. see how you fit within the team dynamics and see how you would fit as an employee within that company. So exactly. what would you say you've kind of noticed were like three to five personality traits that you need to be successful in this role in medical sales? Absolutely. So you brought up a really good point. I mean, in the past, you know, I think a lot of uh, companies or organizations were simply looking at the resume only, right? And all, you know, what your sales numbers? Did you have a good year? Did you have a bad year? But I think a lot of Harvard reviews and, and Yale scholars have really kind of dug, dug a little deeper in this, and they're really looking at what they found out is a lot of the intangible qualities, right? You know, some of those not so easy to measure qualities are really what makes a successful person in sales and in a lot of these roles. And so for me, I think what makes it somebody successful, number one, being really passionate about what you do, right? And really believing in that, right? So for me, it's really hard for me to represent a brand or a medication or even a perspective, right? Anything, right? Without actually really being passionate and believing it. So I have to really get deep down into the science, really understand the MOA, the clinical differences, the benefits for the patient, how it impacts the patient's life and how it helps this, right? You know, whatever we should perform. And so these are key things I think about. So you gotta be passionate, number one. If you're passionate about that, then obviously you have belief, you have confidence that you're going to give off a trait, which is, you know, really makes a few difference. Yes. You know, who wants somebody to come into them who doesn't seem like they really believe in what they're talking about? You know, they have, if you lack confidence, then why should I believe in anything you're saying? How can I have my patients have confidence that this treatment, whatever option it is, is going to be beneficial for them? So, so I definitely say the passion, confidence, you know, self-belief, uh, and being strategic, right? Having being very strategic in the way you do things. So. There's a lot of twists and turns in terms of as a, as a rep when you're trying or, or you're not self-professional, you're trying to accomplish different goals and objectives. So you have to kind of also be strategic and, and have a plan in place, right? Sit down. So sometimes, honestly, the best, you know, times for me are just sitting down, taking a break from work and, you know, maybe on a lunch break or sometimes even in the evening when I'm taking some time to myself and just thinking like, okay, what can I do differently? How can I be innovative? How can I, you know, find a new way to approach my business to take things to another level? to really impact healthcare with whatever my assigned geography or responsibilities are. And that's not easy, right? It's just yeah. thinking outside the box, you know what I mean? I think some of my greatest successes that I've had in accomplishing my career has been with me just literally in the evening and my free time, relaxing at home, just trying to think outside the box. And so I think that's really important. And then 
you know, the, one of the hot words now, I think it's popular uh, words, grit, right? Grit, the big word everybody's using now. I, I still use the old school words for perseverance, right? Perseverance through obstacles, trials, tribulations. So you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of no's, a lot of doors shutting your face, a lot of get out of here. People are annoyed, you know what I mean? Because they have a perception of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a medical self professional, it's oftentimes perception is reality. And so um, you really have to have a mindset where I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let this deter me that, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. So no matter what comes, you know, in my way, maybe people are saying like, we're not going to you know, write your medication. We don't believe in this. We don't believe in that. But there's a lot of resistance. You have to have the forty- mental fortitude to push through, keep fighting, keep going. And so I think that, that uh, grit and that perseverance is the key to you really be successful as well. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the word. Shout out to Angela Duckworth. Don't know you. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to her and her TED talk. Yes. Definitely mentioning this word. And that's kind of where it all came from. Right. But absolutely. Definitely. Definitely see grit. Definitely see how hard you work. And, you know, it talks with you. And that made me even think about another question kind of tying into mm-hmm. the day, the daily task. You don't really have it's not really like a nine to five type of position. Right. It's more like is it more you get your hours in whenever like, is it like a schedule amount of time each day you're supposed to work or how does there, work? there is, there's an official schedule <laughs> okay. of like, you know, eight thirty or nine to five for most companies. So you have that time frame you work within, but how you utilize that time is mm-hmm. it can be, it can be, it can be subjective at times. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, and so it, and it's all, once again, it's all about, you know, the company, it's all about what metrics and things they have in place requirements but as you move up the hierarchy in terms of your sales roles you usually get a little bit more autonomy where you're still gonna have some metrics you have to meet whether it's seeing a certain amount of customers with a certain amount of times reach your frequency they call it mm-hmm. but you know there's usually the higher you go usually they allow more time for you to really have you know meetings with your internal teammates internal stakeholders and have this you know real, real strategic discussions right you, you may have, have a team environment where you have team members you may collaborate with, you know, team chiefs and goals and objectives. And so that strategy part is so key because a lot of, when I, I've always kind of you know, done it when I was by myself working as an individual rep with no partners, but it's, it, it's just so critical and key to your success as well, because if you don't have a plan, like I say, you have a plan, you plan to fail, right? And so yes. just, you know, there's a lot of representatives and people in the, in the profession that may just aimlessly, you know, they're busy, right? They're busy about it. Mm-hmm. They're going here, they're going there. And it's like, they're, Oh, I'm just so busy today. Okay. You want to be busy, but you want to be effective. Right? Yeah. So, you know, working smarter, not harder, you know, is the, is the phrase, you know, a lot of successful medical sales professionals use. And that's how you take things to another note, you know, not just wasting your time driving all over the place, you know, and what have you accomplished? So you have to be really intentional on what you do in the way you do. Got it. Yeah. And that's probably anything dealing with sales. There's going to be a lot of driving, a lot of going around, and you want to make sure that your time, is not being wasted and you're providing value to the company. So definitely, exactly. definitely appreciate you mentioning that. Absolutely. So how would you say medical sales really plays a role in the patient <laughs> healthcare process? Because that's, like I said earlier, that's just the one thing I think nobody really thinks about. Everybody thinks about the doctor, the pharmacist, right. the nurse, you know, the more hands-on patient care aspect. But there's other processes too, right? It's how do we get this drug to a formulary? How do we get this drug to this hospital to give it to this patient? How do we get it to the community to have it continue going on outpatient? Is it affordable? All those different things kind of play a part in the healthcare process that often gets forgotten about. 
So I was just kind of wondering, how does medical sales really impact the patient health care? Right. Great question. So in a number of different ways. So I guess one of the key ways that comes to my mind is just education, right? So a lot of times people will see doctors and they've been to medical school and even departments as well, you know, they're very intelligent, very sharp, and they, they have a large amount of data, information, or science that they've mastered and they teach in terms of even practicing, you know, application-wise and certain things. But there's so much room for growth. There's always, people are always laughing, right? And conditions, they're no different there. You know, like I said, I, I talk about it time, all this time when I talk about, they get so worried about certain specialists. Like, I still personally, you know, everybody has a belief, haven't met anybody from Jupiter, Mars, or Pluto. They're all human. And yes. so... But NASA, there's always going to be gaps in information. And so they're running around, let's say, certain specialists or doing procedures and doing this and doing that, you know, unless their boards are coming up, unless certain, you know, things subscribe to certain education updates, you know, clinical updates, you know, they may miss information. And so that's where we come in. So a lot of times you'd be surprised at how many physicians, how many, you know, medical professionals at large don't know certain key information in the clinical updates in whatever respect of the thing you're dealing with. And so these clinical updates have been peer-reviewed, they've been studied by researchers, scientists, and they tested. And they're, they're all geared at improving patient health and healthcare, um, and also, you know, reducing costs, you know, so key aspects of a lot of systemic systems used nowadays in the pain, you know, how can you improve population health, how can you reduce cost of care, you know, how can you enhance the patient's care, things of that nature. So providing that information that they may not get or they may not be aware of then it's like a domino effect. So once they have educational information and they understand how science and medication or, you know, healthcare profession may have changed in certain areas where whatever disease they are practicing in, helps them to be informed, helps them to be sharp, and then for then they therefore attract the information of the patient. And then when the patient gets improved in their care as a result of the physician being informed, knowledgeable, and up to date. And so a lot of times if they're not up to date or a pharmacist whoever is not up to date, then, you know, there's a gap. And there's a missed opportunity, but maybe a medication or treatment was great for a patient five, six years ago, but there's been new clinical updates that happen all the time. And so doctors maybe or anybody could be practicing, you know, medicine from, you know, 10 years ago and yeah. they're not read up to date and they don't have the information, they don't have time, they're very busy and missing opportunities to improve patient care. So yes, a patient may be doing good, but I always ask the clinician and the ones, can they be doing better? If it was your parent, it was your family member, your relative, they're doing good, but would you want your family member or loved one to be doing better? And that's always what I think from a, a medical profession and, and a, you know, healthcare profession, we should always be trying to do better and do what's best. Told. And so I think that's a, the education piece and informing them and sharing those things with them, you know, is one way that it really improves, you know, patient care for the patients. Another way I think too, um, you know, a lot of additional organizations and medical sales, medical organizations, well, pharmaceutical in this space, are becoming more and more streamlined in terms of how they provide information or resources to uh, provide as a healthcare profession. So a lot of times that may be in you know, copay cards or maybe patient assistance programs to help them get access to them education, access to another key component of this, right? Can they afford it? And so now we're always striving to, you know, the pharmaceutical organizations to make sure they just can afford the medication and have resources and tools helping them afford and get access to it, you know, because it doesn't know good to have the best condition in the world, but they can't afford it. And so that's another key way to impact patient care. And then also just, you know, we have resources for systems, you know, different hospitals and different systems to improve the way they do things or help them support 
sometimes, you know, there's a workload, workload, right? You know, you have logistics and what nature. So do they have enough staff or employees or, you know, mm-hmm. pharmacists, whoever to, to carry out certain responsibilities, right? And if they don't, there's a gap all, oftentimes in terms of the overall personnel, what can we do and how can we help you streamline the way you view patient care? How can we help, you know, make, make it so it's not a, such a heavy lift for you? And maybe being a little bit more strategic, a little more intentional and help you develop processes and things of that nature that are going to be supportive for the patient and make it a lot more efficient. Got it. Okay. So it's really going to be the exposure to information is, is one key thing. And that's something that's why I even have this podcast is because if you don't know about different career paths and pharmacy and different things that are impacting healthcare, how are you going to know that you can do it? How do you know if you can fix it? How do you know if you can resolve an issue? So really bringing that exposure, if there's any clinical updates, new guidelines that support something, providing that evidence, educating these providers and these healthcare professionals on that information, and then also being sure to optimize not only how maybe what they're recommending, educate them so they can maybe optimize what they're recommending, but also optimize the process of the entire maybe if there's issues with patients receiving the medication outpatient, like helping with that aspect or optimizing maybe like an order set for a hospital or something like that. So that's something I didn't even know you all do. So it's yes. like, it just, it's interesting to know. Cause like, if I don't ask, I won't know. And if I don't know, right. I definitely know my listeners don't know. Exactly. So I'm Absolutely. glad you're able to share yes. that. Cause I, I didn't Absolutely. realize they had that much that they also assisted in that way. The medical sales department also assisted in that way. So that's very, that's very interesting to know. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Trying to find additional ways to provide be more of a value add, right? You know, we're not mm-hmm. just here to, to, to you always say, show up and throw up, just show up and throw up information. Yeah. And, yeah. Hey, that, you know, you know, that's kind of the, the new wave of healthcare from a, a pharmaceutical perspective. Yeah. I like that. So the new wave is it's kind of gone away from just being able to, I don't want to sound like disrespectful to your profession, but like no, pushing no. a medication, it's gone Absolutely. more to providing education and also improving the process of receiving the medication. Absolutely. So it went from just pushing to improving the process and exposure. And that's just how it is with time. Like everybody's adjusting mm-hmm. to new things. The pharmacist position isn't the same as it once was. We're starting to get prescribing rights. Yeah. So we can start ordering medications in certain states and Absolutely. even certain things in, in, in here in Florida, like with Paxlovid, we can go ahead and give. So it's, it's certain things that you're starting to see changes and that just happens with time. And so that's one of the changes that's been happening, I guess, with your profession. So that's great. To absolutely. Know. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Okay. And so one of the things I know I had a colleague who was who was in my class. I think he he ended up becoming part of a medical sales position to try to get into the industry route instead of probably doing the fellowship. So that made me think of this question. What position do you believe in pharmacy is kind of similar to what you do, if there is one? Right. Speaking specifically in terms of pharmacists, how they may be integrated in terms of like the pharmaceutical world, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of they're from an employment. Usually everybody has a different name for them, but the, the general term that most companies use is MSL, medical science liaison. Okay. And so usually they, you know, they're just more on the clinical side. So they provide high level, deep level research. Scientific information they can protect, right? They can on label, off label information, mm-hmm. and are usually a, a supportive resource 
to provide, you know, that extra value to a physician, the healthcare providers that otherwise may not be as receptive to paying information for somebody who's not credentialed, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of one of the key roles that most people are familiar with. And then there's also, we have what expanded into is general educator roles now. There's other roles called educators. And everybody's getting, everybody's name is different. Some of them are just clinical educators. And that could be a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, not, not to cut you off, but I've seen oh, like sure. a diabetes educator for some pharmaceutical companies. So it's like something mm-hmm. like that you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's such okay. a, honestly, the, just to answer the question, there, there's, there's, there's really no limit to uh, <laughs> how pharmaceutical companies now are utilized services and the benefits that pharmacists provide. You know, um, as we stated earlier, the role of pharmacists has evolved over time within healthcare settings, you know, things of that nature. It's evolved even with the pharmaceutical companies. And so one thing I was saying is that you're highly respected, highly valued, and they're just, they're finding innovative ways to u- utilize your services for talents and gifts that you guys provide um, in a number of ways. Some are educators, there's even different roles in certain companies where that same pharmacist may be able to work closely with more sales organization teams. Usually they're, MSLs usually more siloed for the most part, but there's also ways that they're kind of getting in the action, so to speak. They're part of a larger team that has a commercial sales for, for component to it. And are used as a thought leader, you know, in, in the perspective of providing clinical information, but also being part of strategy to move business forward. But that clinical background piece, and then you mesh it with the pharmaceutical, with the pharmaceutical sales experience, those two is just it's a powerful, you know, combination. And it, it's just really important. I have a teammates that, you know, I work with all the time in a team environment that are a pharmacist, and there's nothing more powerful than be able to have them with us for customer appointments, customer conversations, providing different level of insight based upon their expertise and their background, but also learning from us too, right? You know, how we can do things. For me, I'm a, I have a business background, so undergrad in business, I'm graduating from sales and marketing. So, you know, they, we learn from each other, you know, iron sharp as iron, right? And so that provides a unique perspective to them that's probably helpful for them in terms of seeing the bigger picture in, from a different lens. And so wide variety of opportunities and that you can think of education is going to be the key thing once again i know i'm kind of wearing that word out but that's kind of what you know pharmacists are doing for in a pharmaceutical capacity some are even on research teams too scientific research if that's their thing they're interested in that you know okay. you know so consultants you know there's as high as you want to go or it's just you know more you know, even kill you want to be you know there's a number of different opportunities okay no thank you for that i know I always wondered what those like educator roles were like compared mm-hmm. to MSL or different things, but it's probably just different verbiage per company. It's all relatively similar. Yeah, relatively but, similar. Yeah. And the question is, you know, some are more siloed in nature where you know, there's no interaction with sales, the commercial component. And then some are happy to have kind of have a little strategy line to be a little bit of balance. So they're able to be in science side, but also be participating in some of the, the strategic business sales conversations as well. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Thank you for that. Absolutely. So one of the things I also wanted to ask you was how important do you believe it is for pharmacists to have a relationship with people from a medical sales department? Just because that's not something that's ever talked about. They don't tell you that in pharmacy school. Yeah. Uh, They don't teach it. It's you're not thinking of anything of it besides a dinner. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's yeah. like, you don't really hear things about this. So to me, I see the value. I understood it right away, but I don't believe the average student or the average pharmacist does. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of see 
if you could shed the light on why it's so important and valuable for pharmacists to have a relationship with somebody from a medical sales department. Right. Absolutely. So some of the things we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but definitely it's important just, I mean, for the, once again, flow of information, right? So pharmacists, I, I will say easily a little bit more up to date on all kind of clinical medications, treatments and updates, but there, once again, nobody's perfect. There may be you yeah. know, situations and medications and guideline updates regarding whatever the D state or updates regarding whatever medication, new indications, new treatment options that are available to help patients. And once again, if you, if you miss that opportunity, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And so being able to engage with a, a medical sales professional, they can share with you updates. You don't always have to go do all the work yourself. You know, we're here, we're, we're part of our actual job, just provide information and share information with you. So understanding new safety information, new efficacy information regarding whatever respect the medication, we provide that to you. So, you know, you don't have to go searching for it. We have a number of different resources you can get to not only for, for yourself, number one, but also for patients. Right. And so a lot of times, depending upon whatever initiatives or project you guys are working on or whatever your focus is within the health system mm -hmm. or hospital, you know, having that information that you can share with the, the patients and provide, be a value add to them, right? Patients are using, using you guys a lot of times as a conduit to help them understand, you know, deeper level information regarding their treatment options, right? And how is it helping me? How do I, you know, what's my, even the psychology, psychology of, how do I need to, how should I feel about, let's say, whatever disease I've got, you know, I've got now, you know what I mean? So, yeah. How does that impact them? You know, so that's one of the things in terms of information and resources that we can provide. Back to the same thing again, we talked about earlier, strategy, right? So pharmacists within the hospital or health system or even healthcare in general, a lot of times you guys get projects, you get responsibilities, things you have to mm -hmm. pull through, right? And so you don't always, once again, it, we may help you do your job in certain ways, shape or form. You never know, you know, all the way. So let's say you have a certain initiative with the transition of care you have to do or whatever. We may have resources, you know, that are unbranded or whatever that may be able to support you in terms of some of the initiatives or products you're working on. We may have worked with another hospital in a different state or different city or whatever that's, that's done, that has a best practice, right? That's trying, that's able to help you implement something like that you're working on, whatever project it is. I'm getting very general based. I don't know which projects or whatever, but yeah. whatever process you're trying to get done or whatever your project is, we work with a lot of different, you know, clinics physician offices, hospitals that may have had some best practices and been able to find ways to efficiently do whatever you're trying to do. And so we can share these best practices with you if you're engaging with us and you have a relationship with us, right? We can provide that information and make your actions. Sometimes you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. But, but without that conversation, without that relationship, you know, there's so much information that you miss out on and opportunities to not only make your life easier pharmacist, but to impact the patient care. And honestly, a lot of pharmacists, sometimes you're, you know, you fresh out of school, you're young, you're trying to make a name for yourself. A lot of them have ambitions, right? You want to move up the company hierarchy. So you believe it or not, pharmaceutical reps and representatives of medical companies can be a huge resource to helping you achieve all your goals because it's a mutually beneficial relationship. We're all trying to find ways to help improve patient care and whatever respected disease state or area we're focused on. And we all have different resources we can provide you and you can provide us information as well to help patients overall. And so it can make your life easier in a lot of different ways and really be beneficial from a political standpoint. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even think about that on like that last little bit that you just mentioned. I didn't really think about how it could impact the pharmacist too when it comes to improving their career aspirations, but I definitely can see that. And another thing too, I wanted to mention that from my experience, I believe is also beneficial is the patient access. 
Yeah. You know, the education that's so vital and being able to optimize care, make everything great, but also helping things become accessible for the patient, whether it's like you mentioned earlier, maybe it's samples you're able to provide to a clinic, you know, to hold over a patient until this pharmacy gets the medication, right? That could be very crucial depending on the medication. So really Mm -hmm. creating ways for things to be affordable. Maybe it's coupons. Yes. Copay cards, different things Mm -hmm. like that. So making things really accessible for a patient because we all know what's best for a patient. And sometimes what's best is new and what right. new can be expensive. <laughs> right, but exactly. That doesn't mean they can't get it. There might be some copay cards. There might be some samples, different things like that. If they just, I know this has happened to me multiple times. It may mm-hmm. be somebody just switched insurances and mm-hmm. it hasn't kicked in yet. And so it's like, well, what do we do? Do we do nothing right. or can we at least provide samples in the meantime? So having a doctor who has those samples in their clinic to hold them over until the new insurance kicks in and then they can go get that medication to be filled. And now they're, now they're good. Now there's no problem. So that's another thing I just wanted to mention real quick that I personally have noticed from the medical Absolutely. sales team. And so I'm Absolutely. very thankful for you guys to always make sure patients are able to have access to their meds. Yeah. And a lot of patients, each company has their own patient support programs that are mm-hmm. all geared towards financial access. And so I want to say one thing about that real quick. Because there must get perception reality a lot of times. There, a lot of times there's a perception. Don't get me wrong. There's no med. You know, some medication can be very expensive. It's all relative. Yeah. But a lot of times the perception is that we as medical sales reps and professionals and organizations want to make medications as expensive as possible to make more money. And it's not the case. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's certain treatment options that are highly expensive. But honestly, the best, I mean, number one, we do it from a patient perspective. We want to make our medications work. Because yeah. honestly, you want more patients to take it, you yeah. know, and that's just your business and volume, right? So if you have a really expensive medication or no, you know, financial support and you get like five patients to take it versus 500 patients, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a sheer volume play. I say that to say that we are invested 100% in, 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 the, in this industry in terms of really making sure that we support patients from a financial perspective. It does the company no good. It does the sales representative no good to have a medication that you can't, the patients can't afford. It's one of the worst things in our world, you know, we can deal with like hearing the patient can't afford it. Like, oh no, okay, how can we help? That's the first thing we go to our mind. How can we help them afford it? What resources can we provide? Yeah, I completely agree. And sometimes it's hard to break yes. that down to people. Yeah. Especially even as a pharmacist, because they think you're in on it. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. you know, whether it's family members, friends, yes. or some of your patients, but yeah, it's, to me, I just think it mathematically makes sense for something to be affordable because if it's affordable, then there's sheer value would bring more mm-hmm. money than something being highly expensive and you just can't afford it. Right. Absolutely. That's just my opinion, but sure. I don't know. I don't own any <laughs> big businesses, so I can't comment on right. that. <laughs> exactly. But that's just what I would think. But I understand right. why people feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. All right. So what would you say? is kind of like the blueprint to get into medical sales. So if anybody's listening, this is something that they're interested in. What would you say, what would be your recommendations for them to do, especially now in 2023, where things have changed so much? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's always been, you know, a tough thing, you know, enigma, like how do I get into the medical sales on the screen? Even for, you know, people with my background, but I would say the business, you know, interpersonal skills, right? Being able to have conversations, being open to dialogue and networking, right? So one of the key ways I'd say is, once again, pharmaceutical representatives, pharmaceutical managers you run into, talk to them, ask them about their company, ask them about opportunities. 
you know, ask them for the business part, send them an email, you know what I mean? And start to build and cultivate that relationship with them. And they're more than happy, trust me, to really help you understand a little bit more about what opportunities each company offers. And they're looking for a way that we're always, most companies, I can't think of many companies not always looking for a credential pharmacist to get into the industry and to get into their company and to be providing value. So that's probably one of the easiest ways for it. I say this because you're just, and just, just to let everyone know, you're just such high, you're highly respected as a company. Within our industry, you're respected as a value add. And we're just excited about any opportunity to have you on board with whatever company we work for. So that would, that would be the first thing. Outside of that, in terms of getting into the industry, I mean, honestly, I think that's pretty much one of the main things. And, you know, and once again, if you go to dinner programs, if you go to any of these things, just ask them questions. Ask them, you know, mm-hmm. your local medical sales rep that you have in whatever area. I think, of course, applying, creating, a, you know, the same thing that everybody else says, right? Create yeah. an account on, on, the, on the employer's website. But, and then, but the main thing is really finding, building that interpersonal connection with the local person that you deal with. I think that's probably the best way. Okay. It's just one of those where the network matters. <laughs> yeah, network matters. Absolutely. Got sure. it. Always. Okay. And so this, for my last question to kind of wrap things up, what would you say is one message that you would like our audience to walk away with today? Yeah. So I would just say, understand that there's a lot of information out there regarding medical sales, reps, pharmaceutical insurance, things like that. But understand that, hey, listen, really, we are not the big bad wolf. We're here to support you. We're here to partner yeah. with you. We're here to work with you. And don't get me wrong. Like everything else, you know, you got you have bad apples and everything. But understand that's not the, that's not like, that's the whole, right? That, that represents the whole the perspective regarding medical sales in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of good people out there. I've seen many companies, our friends working with all kinds of companies and with organizations and you're doing a lot longer than I have. And they they really do care about the patients. You know what I mean? That's kind of why we got it, got our engineers. You know, I, I didn't have a science background, you know, I was a business guy, sales and marketing, and I didn't know anything about the medical profession. But once I got the information, I got the literature, I started reading, I started understanding. I, I, I enjoyed it. I found a passion. I was like, you know, this is really good. I have opportunity to do something that's providing a higher level of value to the, to humanity, to the world at large, the medical field by providing people information that they do not have and letting them understand these are the different options you have and you, to, you make your choice, of course. And so... For me, I understand we are here to help you, support you, and we'd love to build a relationship with you. And hey, your value. As pharmacists, you're valued, you're important. You know, we we understand in the industry, you're not just counting pills. We understand that. You're so much more than Thank that, you. right? <laughs> yes. Trust me, we get it. You know what I mean? We are we are well ahead of the curve regarding that and understanding that. So we want you on our team. We want to partner with you. We're going to work with you in whatever capacity we can. And hey, thank you guys. We appreciate you, all your hard work and all your service. And we thank you all as well. You know, it goes hand in hand to helping bring the best patient care experience possible for the patients, because that's ultimately our goal. That's ultimately your goal. When we work together, we're able to make it happen. So without us, there is no you. It's just a fact. You know, it, we we need each other to make these things happen. So thank you so much for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. This is something that a lot of people don't know about. Medical sales is so different. They probably don't know what goes into the the day to days and what's really this profession is about like i said earlier you kind of touched upon it perception the perception is probably just trying to sell a drug but the times have changed where it's really providing that extra information that education updating maybe people on guidelines and updating people on maybe a new indication for a medication and then also transitioning to how can we optimize the process for this healthcare system to help improve the patient care so thank you so much for coming on i greatly appreciate it absolutely uh, pleasure yeah, greatly appreciate it. So it's been awesome to have you. And before I let you go, is there any questions you have for me? 
No, no, not, not at this time, right. you know, but I think you're doing a great job with the podcast. I think it's Thank wonderful. You. I'm providing this information and, and a resource to pharmacists and just people in the healthcare community as a whole. So definitely keep it up. Doing, I enjoyed it. And I recommend anybody else that sees this, hey, listen, look for an opportunity to provide your voice and share your voice with Joven and make a difference for sure. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, man. No problem. Absolutely. Did you learn something valuable from this episode? Then I highly recommend you like, comment, follow, and subscribe to our new YouTube channel at new underscore capsule RX podcast. And we're also on Instagram and TikTok with the same name at new underscore capsule RX podcast on all platforms.